Welcome to the SCORE Life and Health Innovation Podcast, where we dive right into how innovation is driving change around the world in our life and health ecosystem. My name is Nia Escobar-Kolo, and I am your host for today. Our world is changing rapidly, and we want to come together with you to explore those changes to understand and live transformation with SCORE. As one of the world's largest reinsurers, SCORE provides insurance companies with diverse and innovative solutions focused on the art and science of risk. Combining technical expertise and experience, SCORE leverages global know-how in over 80 countries focused on the life and health insurance industry. The mean cost of developing a new drug has been subject of debate for many years. A recent study conducted by the London School of Economics stated the median and mean research and development investments required to bring a new drug to market were estimated to be between $985 million and $1.3 billion. And despite the cost vary across different disease areas, it is still a pricey and very lengthy process. In today's episode, we're talking to Tamás Goebe, co-founder and chief strategy officer of Mentin AI. Known as one of the most notorious startups using quantum computing in drug research and development. Backed by Y Combinator in 2020, the America startup was part of the accelerator program, which is behind companies like Airbnb or Dropbox. The startup uses machine learning and quantum computer to create the next generation of protein-based drugs and enzymes focused on rare diseases, neurological disorders, or viruses. Tomas, thank you so much for joining us and for talking to us today. I'm really excited about this podcast conversation. So the first question I have for you, it's really easy. Can you introduce yourself, please? Sure. Thank you so much for the invitation. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm Tomas Gerbe. I'm the co-founder and CSO of uh, Manton AI, pretty much new startup company. I'm originally Hungarian, originally a Hungarian organic chemist, basically, who learned protein engineering in Stockholm and at Caltech in the U.S. And after I did a short postdoc in bioinformatics, and then I joined to the Menten founding team to working full-time with this company. So what is Menten doing exactly? So Menten AI is basically a currently pioneering company, I would say, in, in quantum computing methodologies for doing drug designs. Specifically, we are doing protein-based drug designs. And we are using the combinations of quantum computing and machine learning during these processes. Uh, what it allows us is basically we accelerate the development time of the new of these new protein-based drugs. And it's also we can increase like specificity, stability of the drugs, and so on. So that's what we are doing. We are currently mostly working only on the computer, so doing in silico studies. But we are also planning to open up our laboratories later on and move forward in the lab as well to make actual drugs. In very simple terms, what is exactly a protein-based drug? So a protein-based drug is basically a drug which is based out of amino acids. We're working with mostly peptides currently. Peptides are small proteins, usually in the size of like 60 amino acids or 50 amino acids. That's the biggest. We're currently working with 8 MERS and 10 MERS cyclic peptides. What we can design very specifically by using these uh, quantum computers. Uh, what I mean like specifically is we designed this specifically for different drug targets in your body for inhibition or stabilization and so on. 
And why are you using uh, quantum computing and quantum algorithms in combination with protein-based struct? So the quantum computers, what allows us is, it's basically a new way of computing, right? It's using the principles of, of quantum physics. And this computer doesn't work with bits. This works with qubits, which means that this bit is not zero and one or zero or one. These are zero and one at the same time. They could have been in the superposition, which allows us to do very complex optimization problems, which help us when we basically design these drugs. Basically, by using this computer, we can design these drugs very, very specifically. And basically, what we can see it on the computer, it's going to be behave like in nature because it's find the lowest energy optimum, this computer. And this computer allows us to see all the possibilities of the states what these molecules can have at the same time. Meanwhile, other computers would need to go by step by step to look at these. And we just didn't have time ever to look through all the possibilities. So basically what it does, it allows you to develop drugs that are more precise and development time is heavily reduced and you can monitor the testing closer when you're still on early phases, right? That's right. So still the current phenomenon, mainly in drug discovery, is that you do trial and error. So we make a whole lot of molecules, hundreds and thousands of them, sometimes millions of them in the test tube, and then you're testing them. And then you're fishing from that one, which worked well, and then you further develop those. What we are doing is we basically design these molecules. So we're not looking for, we are using the computer basically to design these molecules for specific purposes. And that's, people are kind of doing that a while ago, but because of these new technologies and the combinations of the quantum computing and the machine learning allows us to do this very precisely and very specifically. So we have a pretty good success rate. Let's say we don't test 100,000, 200,000, 500,000 molecules. We basically test 10, 20 of them. That's our aim. Which drugs or which diseases are you aiming to develop uh, to tackle with such a specific method? So currently, we have been working during the last one and a half years on the technology itself. The technology could be used in basically any kinds of drug modalities, in a way. What we are doing uh, right now is we're looking at different therapeutic areas. We already have a few programs. So currently, our, our probably the, the biggest program is infectious diseases because of the current problem, as you know, COVID-19, it's a huge uh, problem in the world. And we realized that our technology could adopt the infectious diseases pretty quickly and we can adapt pretty quickly. So that's one of the area what we are working on currently in-house, infectious diseases. And we are looking at different modalities as well right now, but they are not 100% not set yet. The excitement in quantum computer for drug discovery offers real potential solutions to traditional simulation processes, including scalability and computing capacity. Quantum drug discovery allows results to be delivered faster, as Tamás is explaining. Earlier this year, Bergen Ingelheim partnered with Google Quantum as the first pharma company in this field to move in this direction officially. The drug discovery giant also created an internal lab to collaborate on how artificial intelligence and quantum computing will integrate with their current pharma research and development plan. I mean, quantum computer applied to pharma or biopharma, it's a very recent science and very recent industry, but yet it has been identified as one of the industries where will actually experience the far-reaching impact of 
quantum computer and quantum algorithms. So an application, it's, it has an incredible potential. Could you explain this to us why and, and what do you think of this? So I think the big belief is that these computers can solve this combinatorial optimization problems. These computers are basically, it's one of the main reasons to do the best possible applications for these type of computers is this optimization, this combinatorial optimization. And in the pharma world, that's one of the problems that you have so many variables, what you need to optimize at the same time for the same purpose that the regular computer just cannot handle. And the big belief is when the com quantum computers are going to grow and develop these developing exponentially by the qubits numbers, and they can handle huge combinatorial problems. And these can be, for example, one of them is the drug design problem to handle. And that's why it's, it's, a, it's a big belief. Currently, the computers are obviously very experimental status. There are several different types of hardwares, uh, which is available. Uh, they are all getting into better, but they're still kind of experimental states. We are working with a, with a number of, of hardware providers and we are also testing it. So basically they are pushing the hardware side and we are more pushing into the software side to actually use using their hardware. So we have a really good synergy with pretty much every of these companies who provide the hardware. And I, I truly believe because of the huge support also from the private sector and also from the governmental sector for the science behind by the academics, the startup companies and so on. I think it has a huge potential to actually have this uh, dream come true, to have very powerful quantum computers, which can solve a lot of problems. So how does the landscape in terms of competitors or contributors work, or how does it look like right now in, in the ecosystem? So we are on the software side, as I, as I explained. So we are kind of the user side of quantum computers. It's a really exciting space. It's a relatively small space and not too many people working on it. One of the reasons for that is because the hardware is a little bit weaker yet, as I explained. I think we are one of the first ones who could show that we could get a quality difference, different results from a quantum computer. And we found a problem which is suited very well, even for the current quantum computing hardware. Uh, we worked a lot with the D-Wave company and there were a number of other uh, companies who started like us having quantum computing and machine learning at the same time. I believe most of them changed to be more into the machine learning and AI side and the, and waiting a little bit for the quantum computing. Meanwhile, we are really pushing the quantum computing side as well, because we would like to be the forehead on, on these developments. And of course the big companies are really interested both about us and in general, they also I don't know by fact, but I, I definitely believe that they are they are doing developments in the space too. I mean, absolutely. Uh, I remember that just last year, uh, Google announced it had reached quantum supremacy and IBM has been working towards uh, doubling its quantum computers every year. So it is clear that despite its early days for technology, it seems that the opportunities are really endless and that we can apply quantum computers into really diverse industries. If I had to ask you, you know, if we have the perfect future, let's say, I would say five years, but maybe it's more like 20 years, how would pharma and, and drug development would look like if quantum computers reaches its highest peak? Oh, that's a very uh, tricky question. And we got that quite a number of times. Uh, when, when are we going to have quantum advantage and all of these kind of things? It's obviously the, the short answer is like, I don't know. <laughs> I hope as soon as possible. What I can follow is that how is the hardware side increasing? There are a lot of beliefs that 
for example, companies like IonQ and Rigetti are developing their new machines, which as I explained, the, the speed up is exponential of the growing of these computations. They could actually reach very quickly to a level where they can reach the classical computing methodologies. And what will happen afterwards is so much interest. The whole field is so exciting. I think everybody is exploring the opportunities from several different factors. I believe that it's hopefully going to change the trial and error methodologies in, in the biopharma world. And we can do just like we do now, specific drug developments, because even if we do those specifically for different types, there are still a lot of problems which can come after. But at least we erase the first one when you go blindside and you just try to find something which is going to bind for that drug target, which is going to cure that problem. So I think that would be already good. Time-wise, I can agree with that five years. I think that's uh, <laughs> that sounds like reasonable based on, as I said, like the heavy investing both in the academic and the governmental sector and the private sector too into the, into the hardware companies. It's really speeded up, I think, in the last two years and so because of, of the big companies joined to the team as well, like Google and IBM and so on. Also, I know that Microsoft is heavily interested into the quantum space as well. There are a number of providers who are, who are doing both. And pretty much everybody who is doing, of course, the hardware, they are really interested about software applications as well. So are there any current examples of application of quantum computer right now in the biopharma industry? Uh, in the biopharma industry, I think we are currently the only one who has an actual real-world applications of, of quantum computing. I do not know anyone else. If you know about someone, please please text me. I'm really interested what, what those guys are doing. I don't know any other companies. About a year ago, a little bit more than a year ago, we have designed the first molecules on a quantum computer, which has been synthesized after that. We had a, a preprint out during uh, last September. So about a year ago, about these results, and we are working on finalizing that paper, that research paper, uh, to show that we have been designing the D-Wave 2000 qubit machines uh, to design these molecules, and then the results will be found. So we basically designed something on the computer, then it got synthesized in the laboratory, and then uh, they sent it to, or we sent it to X-ray crystallography to identify the structures and the structure were pretty nicely matching with the, with the design molecule. So that was like the first step, realizing that the technology is actually works. And now we are looking at to other drug modalities to have an applications. How can we, from the reinsurance side, uh, and even from the insurance side, uh, support the development of quantum biopharma and support technologies uh, such as, as quantum algorithms? I think like every people, I think especially for the people who are in the life science space, I think they should still, uh, they should be very curious about this technology. I think I like the, the skeptical, curious uh, people, obviously, because I'm, I'm a scientist by myself. So I'm, I'm questioning everything, what we, what we do and how we do it and about quantum computing. Uh, so I think, I think that's important. But it's also important to be, to have an openness about it and then talk about it and then, you know, support these people from, from the company side, from, let's say, if you are working by a big pharma company and, and you, you face either, of course, our company or another, another company who does such a, a deep technology, a 
solutions, listen for those people uh, and, and have good questions and be open about it. Because the technology is so new that there are usually two types of people, you know, one who is very excited and wants to, to know and try and do and everything. And then the other one who is, who is just way too skeptical, <laughs> who is just, this, this is not going to work. It's years ahead. Sure. One time maybe, but now it's just, it's just not. I think that if those people open a bit more, I think that would, that would help a lot and that would help to trigger and fasten you know, our tryouts, our work and, and so on. And for the other people as well who are in the space, I think that would be really important. You know, right now in the current situation in, in the world, we have pandemic. We are constantly talking about, we're starting the age of pandemics and we're facing COVID-19. And, you know, right now in pharma, you have endless countries, a lot of, of money being poured into finding a vaccination, finding treatment, understanding the impact of pandemics, well, of new viruses in a sense. So I'm wondering if thinking about vaccinations or even treatment for COVID-19, could we apply biopharma quantum computer to develop medication in the future for situations like this? Yeah, definitely. I mean, this is an area where, where this technology could be used. We do not do vaccinations in the field. We do some different things currently. Uh, which hopefully we are going to share kind of soon. But well, because we are not in the vaccine space, I, I read about the AstraZeneca, of course, and I heard about it. Unfortunately, as they mentioned as well, this is a typical thing to happen during a phase clinical trial, a phase three especially. I think it was a wise decision, obviously, to stop it because I believe the most important part is safety by every drugs. And even if you are as safe as possible, you know, there could be people who reacts differently, but if they really push it as hard as possible and, and not taking care of this, I think that's terrible and that can have terrible consequences. So I would definitely, I think that was a good step from AstraZeneca and it is really, I'm not concerned it has a big problem with it. Of course, when we see the data, we will see. So the quantum computing overall could help, of course. As I said, it's still kind of experimental currently. We are exploring it and uh, machines are developing. So I believe it's already in uh, the beginning of the useful states. We are already applying it and it will have, I think, a tremendous aspect of every type of biopharma, including the infectious diseases. Thomas, any additional comments or remarks that you would like to share with us? Maybe something I missed asking you. Well, I think uh, we have been covering most of the things. Uh, another important aspect is, I think, next to the quantum computing, of course, what we're using for optimization is machine learning and AI, which has also a tremendous effect on the biopharma world currently, and a lot of companies exploring that. And there are a lot of new things is happening in that space too, from the pharma side, from the technology side, such as Google and DeepMind and so on. Uh, so I think, and the combinations of these two is just, it's just really exciting. So if someone wants to enter to this space or would like to discuss with it, I'm, I'm happy to have a chat with them. And then thank you so much for the invitation. Thomas, thank you so much for your time. I'm really happy to, to know more about quantum computing and, and quantum algorithms and understand how the future could look like, or should I say how the future will look like in five years and how the biopharma industry is developing. Again, thank you for your time and talk to you soon. Yeah, thank you so much. Bye. Thank you to our guests for joining us today. You can subscribe to the SCORE Life and Health Innovation Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, 
or wherever you listen to our conversations to be the first one to listen to our new episodes. Have a speaker in mind or want to share your insights with us? Send us a message to lhventures at score.com. Have a good time and see you on the next episode.